When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Born on the Western Australian coast, Otis Eyewear is made in a range of styles to look good and last in Australian conditions. Scratch-resistant, optically correct and eco-friendly. Otis Eyewear. Glass is beautiful. Visit otiseyewear.com. Cambo, it goes without saying... I'm so thankful to be talking to you, buddy. Um, welcome onto the show. But uh, just to, to hear your voice and have been in touch, um, I'll start with something that I know you love, mate, uh, given what you've been through. You, one of your mates over there when you were in hospital offered to switch your water for a beer and you asked for a little creature's beer, which is your favourite. Have you had the beer yet, mate? Have you The important stuff. Have you tasted the good stuff? Yeah. <laughs> mate, it's funny. My wife went and found me a little creature's uh, and ordered one in from England. And the horrible result is uh, it didn't taste as good as what I was hoping. It's my sort of my taste buds are a bit weird at the moment and, and a beer is not going down so well. But um, look, mate, it, it was, it was, it was actually one of the reasons the doctors knew I was pretty well because uh, I got asked what beer I wanted and I said little creatures and then my next question was how are the Frio Dockers going? Um, <laughs> and my wife said, yeah, they're the two main most important things in his life, so he's all good. Uh, yes, they are certainly flying, so that is good news to wake up to. Seven days, pretty much. Uh, I've, I've read a couple of your comments, buddy, that you, um, you feel like just lost in your life seven days have disappeared but geez it could have been a lot more tragic and and sad uh other than that what did do you recall prior to it and leading in to the cardiac arrest and 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 everything that happened in that playground in london um yeah so mate basically I, i i like we flew across the day before um and i i'm only just starting to pick up memories of the flight I can start to remember a couple of those sort of things, but I have no memory of actually arriving in England. I know that we hired a house, which I just asked my wife, was it a cool house that we stayed in? She said, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, but I, I, I have no recollection of that. And, you know, then we went to a place called Bewilderwood, which was, um, you know, obviously one of those massive uh, kids' playground. Um, activity places, and, you know, we were having a great time. I've even got photos on my phone that I've looked at and just have no recollection of it all. So, mate, those seven days will probably be always lost. I think it's just your mind's way of basically keeping you safe and, you know, helping you recover. So, um, unfortunately for, for me, I won't remember it, but, you know, my poor old wife, she was the one that went through uh, seven days of hell, really, and I've said it before, but she's the one that needs a medal of honour. She was unbelievable. 
Oh, indeed. And and the updates that, that she and, and, and your friends that were there, your support crew, were providing so many of us back here, back home, um, whether it's teammates or or just uh, cricketing mates, or just friends from um, the broader part of your life. The, the, they were extraordinary. She was amazing. Do you think there's any advice that, that LT would have for, for friends and family and, uh, and, and people on the uh, peripheral um, through a situation like this on, on how to go about supporting? Is it try to get in touch? Is it just stay away and try to wait for updates? Because it, it must be frightfully challenging. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, for her, you know, she, she decided that all she was going to do is give as, as many facts as she could to my family back home. Obviously, my mum and dad, are, who are quite elderly, were, you know, freaking out a little bit. But, um, you know, she just tried to keep it as simple as possible. She knew she couldn't answer everyone's well wishes and questions. So, basically, she tried to get in pretty good order that she was going to touch base with Robbie Baker, as we know, as one of our great mates yep. back home and, um, you know, keep it really simple. And then um, after that, I also had a great mate, Simon Millington, who was a great friend of mine, flew out from Nevada to give LT help. And basically she then handed over a little bit of the, um, the hard yards because she needed a bit of a rest, to be honest. She she yeah. worked so hard and was a bit mentally uh, fatigued. So, Simon took over a little bit of the hard stuff when, you know, if doctors were calling, um, they would speak to him. And, you know, like you say, if your wife's answering the phone all the time, every phone number that comes up is obviously could have bad information and and it's quite scary. So, um, yeah, I I think it's just to keep it simple, not not try and spread yourself too thin, basically, and, you know, just sort of give information to, to one person and then let them, you know, deal with it from there. Yeah, she, she was amazing, Simon and, and Bakes, as you say, and just keeping everyone up to speed. Uh, well, we were, you, myself, Bakes, a couple of others were having a drink together on a Tuesday, the day that you flew out from having got back to Perth for a week after the uh, best part of two years without being able to get here. Um, we were sitting talking about and reflecting on the sadness and uh, the sudden passing of Rod who was a great friend to us, and, and Warney. Um, can you believe that the cricketing world and your family, friends, everyone that you know, or even people you don't know, were in that position again, but it was you that was at the eye of the storm? How do you reflect on that, and how do, what emotions does that invoke? Mate, the, you know, obviously, I, I was really close to Rod Marsh, and you know, I, I put my whole career down to his you know, leadership and coaching. He was the one that, you know, made me an opening batsman. He was the one that gave me belief. And, you know, obviously there was a buddy, there was a geek with big ears that had come to WA that was also <laughs> going to keep, so I had to get around him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Rod Rod was so good for me um, and throughout my career. And, you know, whenever I needed a, a word, I could pick up the phone and, and he always would, would be there and, you know, give me some positive intents, basically. Um, so losing him and then obviously Warney, you know, I wasn't as close to Warney as you, obviously, but, you know, you felt that Warn was just a, so such a big part of Australian cricket that he, he was a part of your life. And, you know, to lose two people like that, I think the whole of the cricket nation was really, and, and I guess, and again, I don't put myself as, as a cricketing person anywhere near those sort of blokes, but I think when I obviously had my turn that 
Um, I think the cricketing world had just had enough of blokes falling off the perch, to be honest. And they, you know, tried to rally behind me. And you know, they needed a good, a good news story for once. And thankfully, I could provide that. Oh, indeed, the news when it filtered through that we weren't going to suffer the same complete sadness and 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 loss of a of a good friend uh, when it came to your situation was just a, a, an overwhelming relief because. Yeah, that sadness for the other general, other guys was just it's still hard to comprehend. Um, a lady standing next to you in the park, I believe, is it Becky Bassett? What does that name mean to yeah. you? Um, describe to us that lady who you've met and had lunch with. Uh, tell us more about Becky and, and, and how do you express your gratitude to someone who has saved your life? Yeah, you look, Becky... Um Mate, as it turned out, apparently I, when I decided to lie down, I actually put my head on her daughter's foot, which freaked her out a bit. And uh, <laughs> her, daughter, her daughter doesn't like me very much because I was laying on her. But um, look, at the end of the day, she she had literally just finished a CPR course, and when she saw me, you know, go down, she immediately just got everyone out of the way and, and took over. Which, you know, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for. Even my, you know cardiologist um, says if she didn't do what she did straight away, you know, we would have had a lot more trouble. Um, and so, you know, getting to meet her in person was a, an amazing, you know, feeling, having lunch with her. Her and my wife were very emotional. Um, yeah. You know, they they were there. I, I can't remember it. So for me, it was more, you know, thank you, grateful. But the actual emotion of what she went through, those, what those two went through, and then, you know, to see me at the other end, I guess, is, you know, a whole different ball game, so to speak. But she, you know, it, the, the little things, like she only changed her job not long ago and therefore had to do the CPR course as part of a new job. So there was, and, and also she lost her father when he was only 60 to a heart attack. And that was also part of the reason she'd done CPR and, and a first aid course because she wanted to, make sure that never happened again. So um, I, I think for her, it was a fantastic experience just to meet someone and say, yeah, you know what, what you did was amazing and you saved my life. And, you know, she as a person, she says, you know, I feel a lot more confident about myself now. And, you know, it's just, it's a good story for everyone. And she, she's such a wonderful lady. Although her, her daughter still doesn't like me because I keep lying <laughs> on her foot. <laughs> will, you, will you stay in touch with Becky? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we, we bought her, uh, you know, just a little gift just to say thank you. One of those you know, Tiffany hearts that she she says that she'll always wear around her neck. And, you know, we, we'll always be in touch with her. For, you know, if we're back in the UK, we'll, I've no doubt we'll catch up for a beer at some at another point. But, yeah, my wife and her have a very close bond now. And uh, I've no doubt that we'll um, be together. Uh, indeed. 7% chance. Is that what the cardiologist said to you, the specialist there uh, in the, that hospital in, in London? I mean, you must be so grateful of the expertise and experience uh, and care from a facility like that. Yeah, it, it, it was unbelievable. The, the, the nurses, the doctors, you know, they all went out of their way to, you know, do whatever they could. Um, you know, there was a couple of nurses that just didn't leave. Um, you know, they, they were either with me or more with my wife. And, you know, it, it was just remarkable. You know, whatever the odds were, it wasn't great. Um, 
like I say, LT was told a number of times that it's not looking too promising, but um, at the end of the day, something, somehow, whatever you want to put it put it down to, or, you know, I came back and they brought me back. And um, let me tell you, those five days, I, I didn't see any white lights uh, or pearly gates, Gilly, which, which worried me. I, I, I thought I'd see at least something like that. But, uh, yeah, there was, there was none of that, that's for sure. You don't recall anything, any memories, even in the sleep no. since you've come to, there's nothing no. that takes your mind Mate, back it, anywhere? It, 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 it's weird because, you know, I have total black, basically, for those seven days. Yet, when I woke up, I felt, yeah, um, you know, at first I was asking my wife, why am I in Hong Kong without my kids? Which she said, no, uh, no, no, we're, we're not there. And which then is where you lived, in my head, lived before, yeah. Yeah, which, which we lived before. But then, for a day, I had it in my head that I'd been kidnapped and taken to Bali and been drugged and been dealing with people trying to steal all my stuff. And I said to my wife, you know, I, you're going to have to change my cards. I don't know where my phone is. They've taken my phone, my wallet. Um, and obviously throughout the, you know, the time in the, in the emergency, I had so many injections and stuff. So I had bruises everywhere. And I, I even went to I said, look, they, they've, given, they've injected me with heroin. You're going to have to give me an AIDS really? test. And, and all this was clear in my head that that's what I was thinking. But she had to sort of sit down and say, no, 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 we're in England. I've got oh your wallet. God. I've got your phone. Nothing like that's happened. But in my head, that's exactly what had happened. So it's weird how the, the brain sort of plays tricks on you. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, and I'd like to get to talk about how you are physically now, because it, it, it wasn't a heart attack per se, of what we expect of, you know, clogged arteries and, and, and um, cholesterol and so on. But okay, but mentally, mate, are you... So it sounds to me like mentally you're fine and um, given the lack of clarity around the situation, is, is that concerning as to why it came on? But it sounds like a bit of hallucinating or maybe it was the medication <laughs> that was taking effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, look, I, I, once I cleared that up, I, I was all fine, but... The thing is, right, they they haven't been able to 100% say this is what caused it. There are a few yep. uh, ideas, um, you know, a chest infection that I had, maybe COVID, which no one's, you know, you can't quite work it out yet. Um, but yeah. I did have COVID at, at one point. Um, you know, there's what they call an echo trip or something that there's a irregular beat in your heart. So there are... A, a couple of ideas, but um, basically, you know, because I've responded so well and I'm feeling 100%, the, the cardiologist says, mate, that's great news for you because you're, you're back and, you know, nothing's mm. going to happen. But I can't exactly tell you what really happened because every, all your results are so good. But um, look, at the end of the day, I now have a defib in my chest, which is a little gizmo that is attached to my heart that if anything were to happen, it'll spark into work and, and it's like my insurance policy. But even, um, you know, that my doctor said, I don't even think you need this, but I'm not going to let you leave without putting it in. And, you know, like, I, like he says, it's just your insurance policy from here on end. 
Yeah, and a good one at that. Did he comment on your your age, your fitness levels, um, how active you are and and diet and so on? Did that play a part or was it all sort of potluck uh, along with the fact that someone like Becky Bassett's standing next to you that's just done a CPR course? Mate, I think there was a, a number of factors. You know, it was that Becky Bassett did what, it, what she did, but I've no doubt that he said that, you know, because of my age, because I was so fit, because I was so healthy, um, that was why they decided to keep going and, and making sure that they were going to give it everything they got. You know, he was honest. He said, if you were 60 or if you were a little bit out of, um, if you weren't so fit or if, you know, the other reasons, we're not sure what would have happened. Um, so, yeah, so, look, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I've sat in the cardiologist ward. I, I've sat in the ICU and all that. You know, you see a few people in there and you think, yeah, well, I see why you guys have got a few heart issues. But that's, you know, just me looking and thinking, why am I here? Um, but it happens to just goes to show it could happen to anyone. I think it's happening a lot more um, to a lot more people, 40 to 50 to 55, 60 um, than in the past. So, you know, it just gives us an idea that we have to be, let's stay on top of it. Make sure you see your GP every now and again, just to get a checkup and hopefully everything's going well. And yeah, it's good advice. And but Cambo, you often hear and read people that have have had close calls that come back and, and talk about perspective and a new look on or outlook on life and uh, change their thinking and so on. It, it's still so recent, isn't it? I mean, it was as I say a month ago that you were sitting here catching up with mates and we were all sitting around having a beer. And five days later, you've, you've gone through what you've gone through and, and slowly come out of it, fantastic uh, in flying colours, but. Have you had time to think about that outlook on life or the, the way you, you, you know, what you're looking forward to or, or changing the direction of your life in any way? Yeah, well, you know, obviously when you get a second chance, you want to make sure you make the most of it. And, you know, <laughs> the kids are probably sick of me giving them hugs at the moment. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we're just going to make sure that we enjoy our lives and, you know, a bit more smiley, not, not um, let little things, you know, affect us as much as what normally happens. Also not deal with people who we don't really like. You know, everyone has a few of those that you still deal with, but you know what, we're just going to get those people out of our life if you have to. But yeah, just literally try and enjoy life as much as we can and, you know, make sure our kids have a, have a good upbringing. And like I say, love my family, love my friends. And that's, you know, that's all we can do is stay with them and stay close to them. Ryan Campbell, my guest on uh, the Friday Focus here on Gillian Goss, a gentleman that uh, had a, a sudden cardiac arrest uh, a few weeks ago, but fortunately it was all good news. He's made a full recovery. Cambo, you don't want to be known only as the, the third of the three cricketers in, 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 a, in a space of a month that had uh, cardiac arrest and the one that survived. You're much more than that, of course. Nearly 100 first-class games of cricket and a couple for Australia in the ODIs and T20 nationals for Hong Kong. Coaching for five years now, the Netherlands. Um, you got them to the, the T20 World Cup finals or to the actual event uh, in the most recent one played in the UAE. It didn't quite go as, as well as planned, but um, what, what's your planning with your, that career in coaching? Are you going to stick there for a while or are you looking to, to move on and, and, and maybe even get back into the Australian system? 
Well, mate, you know, the, the Netherlands have got such a massive summer ahead. We, um, you know, obviously one of my, you know, crowning moments, I guess, was um, winning the World Cricket League, which got us into this Super League. And, um, you know, this summer we have the West Indies, England and Pakistan here in the Netherlands, which is just such a big thing for the sport here that, you know, for the first time ever, we can bring the big teams, you know, and, and show... Netherlands people exactly, you know, some of these greats uh, and playing on our own turf. So that's going to be, a, you know, a really big um, summer. Plus, we have to, you know, qualify for the next World Cup in Australia, which uh, will be in Zimbabwe, the, the qualifiers. So we're, you know, we'll go there pretty confident that we can do a good job and hopefully, you know, qualify for the World Cup. Um, and after that, mate, you know, I honestly don't know. It's I love coaching. I know that, and I and I love the game. Um, you know, I still sit back and enjoy watching cricket. You know, my, I've got my A team in England at the moment. <laughs> I'm online watching. You know how they're going. Some of our young guys, and I, you know, that's just a love of the game. And you know, I, I think I'm a pretty good coach. And again, that's up to other people to say if I am or not. But you know, if an opportunity came at some point, you know, to to do and to come home or do something in Australia, of course, I, I would look at all those. But at the moment, it's just you know getting back to fitness and making sure that the Dutch are uh, going as good as we can, and you know, hopefully, uh, winning through to things and and putting our names on the big stage. Yeah, so physically you're you're fine and, and ready to get back into that that position as as head coach. How 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 is that going? You know, uh, easing back into back into normal life and then possibly getting up and more active again. Yeah, well, you know, again, I, I'm not going to rush. I'm actually going to have a coffee with uh, my boss tomorrow, um, our high performance manager, just to have a discussion. Um, I, I've been very lucky. I've got a guy called James Hilditch who is the son of Andrew Hilditch and mm. the grandson of uh, Bobby Simpson. Um, yep. he, he's been my assistant here for my whole time, um, and, and I really think he's a, a wonderful coach. So he's taken over uh, in the head coaching role, and we're bringing in um, a guy called Ryan Cook, who's um, you know done a lot, of, a lot of stuff around the world. They'll, they'll help out. Um, and then whatever my role is, it will literally depend on how I'm feeling. So, you know, more of a, I guess, a mentor sort of guiding our youngsters, you know, chat and that sort of stuff. I, I, I'm not sure how physical I'll be able to get in and, you know, throwing balls and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure how long that'll take for me to get back to that. But, yeah, I, I have no doubt that I'll be some sort of part of, the, you know, the, this summer for sure. Yeah, get get the others to do the donkey work anyway, mate. It's always <laughs> the better way to do it. But gee, I would imagine that that as you say, the qualification tournament in Zimbabwe to get down under again, down to Australia for the T Twenty World Cup um, in November, October, November. That that's the big carrot, isn't it? And that would be a wonderful way to come and showcase what you've helped develop in the in the form of um, Dutch cricket, but also showcase your coaching skills. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, we were really disappointed at how we went in the in the World Cup. Um, you know, we, we really felt that the, the, the facts were we hadn't played a game as a team for two years um, due to COVID and all sorts of different things. And, you know, people have to remember as well that I have seven guys that play county cricket that don't get released all the time to play for the Dutch. So, 
you know, sometimes we have a whole different team and different times. So, you know, that, that can be a bit of a challenge, but it's also part of our setup, so to speak. But, you know, we went into that tournament, even though we were confident, we knew we hadn't played enough cricket. We hadn't worked out our exactly what we wanted to do and what was our best combinations and things like that. And, you know, we were shown up and, and that's what happens in big tournaments. So, you know, when we go to Australia, we, you know, if we get to Australia, hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. And, you know, I'd love to just show everyone exactly what Dutch cricket's about. And, you know, when we're good, we're, we're very, very good. And, you know, hopefully that's what we can show. Yeah, well, I'm sure your uh, style of coaching is uh, all about innovation. You were the original man to play the ramp shot. I don't care, I'll dispute it, but anyone else saying they can claim it, it was you. And uh, and it was an attacking brand of cricket, mate. And you attacked your, um, your setback with rigour as well to get through Cambo. So absolutely thrilled to have spoken to you and even more so pleased that you got through that, that scare with that um, cardiac arrest, mate. Thanks for joining us here on the Friday Focus. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Gilly. Mate, thanks, mate. It's always great to have a chat, buddy. Thank you for listening to In Focus with Adam Gilchrist, brought to you by Otis Eyewear. The world looks better through Otis Eyewear. See the range at otiseyewear.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.